All right, folks, welcome along to the Talking Peace podcast, the restorative conversations podcast from Northern Ireland Alternatives. I am joined by two members of staff from the Greater Shankle team. Got to get them to introduce themselves in a wee second. And we're going to have a wee conversation today about a project that operates there called SAFE. So, guys, just want to give a, a wee quick introduction to yourselves. Be brilliant. Hi, Glenn. I'm Billy Drummond. I'm the project manager at Shankle Alternatives, and we're responsible for coordinating the communities and sensations. Safer Areas for Everyone project in Shankill. Hi Glenn, my name is Stacey Graham and I work on the Communities in Transition Safe Shankill programme. Alright folks, well give us a wee bit of a flavour then, Billy, maybe around what Safe was set up to do and then some of the activities that you've been involved in um, since the project started. Well we're in, um, it's really we're coming up to our second year here now Glenn and in June and really SAFE is, was about embedding community safety structures and building the capacity of local people in the area to, to identify what they seen as the problems around community safety and more importantly coming up with solutions and, and initiatives that could respond to that. So um, one of the things that I think has as a key aspect of that was looking at how we have an existing community safety structure through the community safety network, which I suppose has been operating there to bring so a more strategic look at how we connect with statutory agencies. So on a regular basis, every month, the DOJs or the PSNIs or the Council of Housing Executive, as well as local activists, um, and where they're getting updates on what the current issues are. SAFE, I suppose, is, is using that structure and then trying to bring it down to a more localised level. So bringing it into the different neighbourhoods within the shangle. So we've, we've done projects from... High field down to lower shackle and in between. Um, we've done projects that are that are about looking at drugs use. Um, we've done programs that are about cleanups. We've done stuff that are youth focused around young people and diversionary activities. And we've done stuff that about building capacity. Wires through restorative street work training. Wires about learning how the systems of um, the housing associations work. Uh, so we've done a whole range of things, and one I think it's particularly was was valuable was the learning visits. Okay, so talk to me a bit about those learning visits then, Stacey. What what kind of things did you do? So the first visit we went to um, last year was um, due to COVID, obviously we couldn't really go further afield, so we had looked at another CIT area in West Belfast, and a few of our volunteers, along with some police had visited um, Colin area and looked at the CIT programme up there. Um, one thing that really struck us up there was the collaborative approach with the police, the statutory bodies, community activists and residents and how the police had fed into that as well um, in addressing local community safety issues. So uh, again, um, White State area is different. I think there are a lot of similarities, and I think I think the the learning was one of the things about is coordination of services. Mm-hmm. I think was touched on, and I think it's not just about um, a lot of people when they think of community safety, they think of the police's role or the council, but up there it was about you know youth work intervention as well, and making sure that all that was being jo- being sort of coordinated and joined up together. And I think it was far more useful useful in terms of that resource i think also the fact that some of the people you know one of the things that we we want to do is get people in the other areas not just to see um projects but they make connections with people so again you know we've seen um projects up there in the sally gardens um youth facility where we're up in community restorative justice was we heard about the safer streets it's it's not also about 
reinventing the wheel because there are things that can be easily applied in different locations. Um, but also I think it's about breaking down the barriers, you know, that whilst the Shankill is a different community than, than Colin or, or Twinbrook or whatever it is, there are a lot of similarities and there are a lot of connections that we can make. And I think that's particularly for the police, for the statutory agency and just across the community, I think it's important. What kind of impact then do you think the, the, the SAFE project has been having? What are some of the, the tangible kind of results that, you, that you've been looking at and seeing? Well, even if you take around the learning visits, Glenn, and we, we, we also did a learning visit down to South Armagh. I mean, South Armagh is an area that I think I've barely have ever been in. Um, and we looked at that particularly because, again, there's a huge challenge there around high policing structures change down in an area that, that was very sort of militaristic in their approach. It had to be because of the, the conflict down there. But again, you know, getting out, seeing high, high you know, rural safety issues can be very different up here. But the principles are about connecting, about mm-hmm. partnership, about using local people who know the communities, know the areas and tapping into that. Um, we also went even across the border uh, and we met the guards. And, and again, the remit for, for the Garda uh, superintendent we met was around the whole issue of cross-border crime. Again, what we're starting to realise is that whilst we live in the Shankill and we're trying to keep people safe in the Shankill, there's things that are happening now that somebody could be scamming us, somebody could be bringing drugs in, somebody could be bringing all sorts of things it's a global crime that we need to also think about, although we're very conscious of the local. So for me, it was just even getting into those type of communities, um, just getting down and, and seeing what Cross McLean Square was like, seeing what the old police barracks was like, and hearing from the people now what sort of police service they'd like, what are the issues down there, and hearing from the police, you know, because again, in that visit, we brought um, three neighborhood police officers from from the shangle even even us we weren't even sure about do you walk around cross mcglen yeah. square is there still a major security risk down so even just realizing and, and seeing that in practice um for me who's been involved in community safety for a long long time was even and debunking uh, those myths that you hear quite often about what policing is like in different areas or that there's a perception that sometimes communities are policed differently but actually going down and looking at how the community and the police actually work collaboratively and I think that's a running thread mm-hmm. um, right through it all from the Shankill to West Belfast to Dublin is that working together and not connecting like you said Billy and the collaboration it really is key a key theme through it all. So one of the things that you, you've mentioned there, and there's two words that you, you've mentioned that seem to really stand out across all of the work that happens uh, at Alternatives, is connections and, and collaboration. And obviously there's a crossover between the two. Stacey, in terms of maybe connections that you've made either with people and organisations as a part of the work that's been done in, in, in SAFE, what are this, the, the standout connections that you've made and why are they important to you? I think for me personally, just on a personal level rather than actually through my work, it's just building those relationships and potentially having something down the line. Like at Billy, we had do things off the cuff and alternatives all the time. Um, if we were meant to go to Dublin, it sort of, for various reasons, fell through. But just having those relationships in different areas where you could, at the drop of a hat, 
get in contact with somebody or we have an issue, how could they help with us or how could they point us in the right direction? But just building those lasting relationships that have lasted throughout the years. And even me with being relatively new in alternatives compared to Billy who's been here since its inception is really, really good for me to get in there and start building those relationships for myself. Brilliant. And in terms of collaborating, Billy, obviously, you know, that's been the name of the game for a lot of work that alternatives have done um, over the years. How have you seen that progress and maybe deepen as a result of the work of the, the, the SAFE project? Well, I think definitely um, I can see it, Glenn, where, where we've been able to build on relationships that are quite high level within even the PSNI. So, I mean, the access that we got and the input we got um, in South Armagh um, was, was really at a high level. But what we're also doing is we're also connecting with people who are very much on the ground. So again, you know, whether that's them coming up here and us facilitating them, because for example, there's a whole uh, people who might be aware of the the South Armagh review. It hit the media. There's a lot of um, perception. There's a lot of information, misinformation, a lot of concern around that. I, I as went in the visit downer got a wee bit of an insight in that. What we'd like to do is bring it up here because we're going through a process at the minute where we're looking at strategic reviews and high placings done here in the Shankill. Again, you know, making those strategic connections are vital, but also, I mean, in Dublin, we met people who were right on the ground, you know, working in drug addictions with, with you know, the more harder-end drugs that probably we're not familiar with as much up here, but is coming. So for us, it's about, you know, they've done it. They know the sort of things that's coming along. If we can then develop that, and we've talked of, Funny, I was talking to our South Belfast manager yesterday and about how we could maybe more sort of develop a, a, a further program around looking at, at hard drugs and how the, the programs that have happened in Dublin mm. and what we can maybe use a restorative approach to them up here. Yeah, because obviously South Belfast have got their, their own issues in specific areas around there that, you know, drugs are having a major impact around not just around businesses nearly, but as you, you get to mention, just big personal safety. Because I know I was talking with uh, the manager of a, of a shop in, in South Belfast the other day as well, and they were saying that at a certain time of night, they're now getting to the point where they they have to close early because of the issues that they're facing there because they can't allow their, their customer base to be kind of opened up to some of the incidents and things that, the, mm-hmm. that they're experiencing. They're saying that it's great that we're, we're starting to think, you know, proactively around how, how do we actually deal with this uh, but not resort to draconian measures in regards to let's just lift these people off the streets and stuff because I have to say like I've seen a few things recently and I have to say like my heart's broke a wee bit at times you know you see some of the, the you know the impact that the, the drugs and other issues are having around people's lives and you know I, I watched something in the town on, on Sunday and I was like at one point I was like, going, like a couple of years ago maybe I'd have been like these guys just need taken away. That this is this is out of order, and then you're kind of trying to say, what's underneath this? Mm-hmm. What's the real driving factor behind it? Because that's the stuff that we don't know. And I suppose projects like Safe and other programs that we're involved of get to the point of what's really happening here, and how can we really affect this in some level of a, a positive manner without resulting to what everybody might expect. Well, one of the things of how we connected the learning visit um, really to an issue up here was. We, um, there a number of months ago, again, there's uh, an increase in the fame of intravenous needles and, and, and obviously drug paraphernalia um, that's being sort of discarded and down around the lower shankle, c- 
causing a lot of concern for local residents, understandably, because we really don't know. We're ignorant of it. Um, and people think, you know, the worst and they panic. So we, we did a, an information workshop around, you know, people who work in, in, in Belfast with this issue on a day-to-day basis. It is something that we need to educate ourselves more of. And then we follow that up with going down to Dublin. And it was interesting, Dublin, um, because one of the things that we actually followed up on was we met people who were totally, communities totally destroyed by the heroin epidemic in the, in the actually about the mid-80s. And, um, you know, the learning they got was, ironically, Dublin used an approach that concerned parents against drugs. And it was, in many ways, a, a knee-jerk reaction because they didn't understand. And it was a vigilanteism. In some parts of, of the city, um, it got quite militant. But here in their story and their, their journey, one of the things that they learned quite quickly was that these people are vulnerable. You know, yes, the dealers need the, the interventions of, of the state and you need the police to go after them. But really, you know, they're, they're human beings and it was their own families. They themselves, the people that we work with, had had gone through addiction, gone through recovery and are now helping others. But, but they learned that, you know, they had this slogan, um, it was dealers beware, dealers beware. And then in, in another part of the Dublin, they realised very quickly that it changed from dealers beware, users we care. And I think that's the learning that they learned. You can't, you can't push this away. You can't push any of these social problems away. We as communities need to come up with, with solutions that actually actually address it rather than kick it up the street, move it along. We've tried that in Northern Ireland for 30 years. That's what alternatives was established. We're not there yet, but we know that a lot of these things that are huge social problems, you can't shoot them, you can't beat them, and you can't drive them away. We need to come up and, and work with them with the key people, the key stats agencies, and get the specialist services. Yeah, and that links very nicely in with the whole, the restorative approach that that comes from alternatives. We're dealing very much with, you know, that surface behaviour, what you can see. And we're not really, a lot of our programmes, you know, in terms of maybe that are state-driven, aren't dealing with necessarily the emotions, the feelings, and the needs that are attached underneath that. Mm -hmm. And I suppose that's where we're heading with a lot of the things that we're trying to do is let's get underneath there's needs pushing this behavior to the forefront and what what is it that we can do to try and and, and meet those needs and stuff glenn that's what really struck me about when we met the guards billy um the chief superintendent colette introduced herself as a restorative practitioner yeah. and they are just light years ahead in terms of using that restorative approach and dealing with community safety issues in dublin it just blew me away and i recognize obviously in northern ireland we, we've been dealing with the conflict we're still very much dealing with the conflict and they've had that space to really nurture and develop um a restorative approach within the guards but you can really really see that they have so bought into the restorative ethos and that's something i'd really love to see here in northern ireland yeah yeah uh ironically i think that's the other thing that we did is connected and had the the, the benefit to hear how the guard of shakona down there both at a very high level through the super um superintendent um but also with the sergeant who was working and these are areas that are very tough areas. You know, they're not the, the suburbs. They're talking about where there's gun crime, there's drugs, there's problems. And they're dealing with issues every day of the week using restorative justice. So it was really good to see that, that here's a common thing that we're all doing. And I think the other thing I suppose Build um, did as well was looking at how we integrate um, 
a restorative model to a whole issue that affects everyone, and that's the issue of mental health, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had the main project, which started really with a few individual uh, projects that we integrated. So it started from we 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 really know, and it's you don't need to be a, a rocket science to know that you know physical fitness helps your mental um, well being. So we we set up a wee impromptu gym, and w- the difference with that gym was that it was small. So it was an intimate. It wasn't large groups with big, you know, large pumping iron. It was small intimate things where you could start to engage with the young people. You could start to engage with the people who come through the, the, the therapy. But also we had the, the Havening that was kicked off. And I think that's a whole podcast in itself um, where really, you know, people who were maybe not ready for the counselling came into the gym, got the mentor and got the one-to-one and then all of a sudden said, maybe I am ready for counselling. Equally, the other things, the other way was when people come out of the counselling and they felt, you know, that's really good. If now I got the tools, I can use Havening. But also here's another way to actually continue on a, a mental health regime through through fitness. And then the, the other element that, that I think was the, you know, the magic potion was the restorative circles and the practice. So people who had come through therapy, who were struggling, who were looking, we we brought them together at the end of it through restorative circles. Um, Pete did a restorative residential where they went down, they spent the, out, of, out of the shankle, they went down into Newcastle, they went up into the moorings, they went in done cold water therapy, they did relaxation in the, in the forest. Whole different concept that I think that that process brought many people a place that they never would have done if we had just said do you want to do counseling or do you want to go and do restorative circles straight away or do you want to go into a gym and i think that's the beauty of what we're developing here yeah i think and that for me is a perfect example of what we've just been talking about around connection and collaboration and in terms of connecting people with the, the right service who are collaborating with alternatives to provide um that holistic you know one-stop shop approach mm-hmm. to we have the resources you need here and i think we're starting to see definitely some impact from that you know i noticed that some of the i've said and on some of those circles with some of the young people in regards that and uh you know when you hear some of their backstories and when you hear no some like that person really wouldn't have spoken to anybody in this kind of setting they wouldn't have opened up and said the things that they've said and yet this is the first time they've been involved in in a circle process and it just shows you that that connection and collaboration between that the gym, the 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 evening, the counselling, all of those things coming together, and again without harping on about dealing with what's the need here, what is it you really need, and how can we affect those needs? And once you start doing that, it's amazing the results that you end up seeing coming out of that. You know, and I think I think the work that's been going on with the gym and everything together has has been been fantastic. That whole restorative well-being thing is is definitely I think. Maybe underplayed on our behalf, you but know, in regards, so. you know. So it's I think we just do it, and I think that, that there's definitely, you know, we're seeing the results and seeing the results from young people who are maybe, you know, struggling with mental health, struggling with maybe drug use, right up to you know veterans who are dealing with serious trauma, um, the people who are in domestic violence, uh, you know, at 50, 60 years of age, right through. I can see how this is creating a space where they. Um, they can fit in where where it is, and and that journey of helping them along, 
lets them get into it in a safe way is to say many people can go into a gym but what we found was they're not getting into a gym because they feel intimidated they don't know how to use it they're they're self-conscious and it is a bit of a poser sort of alleyway but in there they're getting supported nurtured and then all of a sudden you have people who are saying i actually feel great now because i'm going to a gym we've also used some of the pts who have went through the process themselves and are actually putting back it's that restorative circle just but I think another element of that as well, which really, really works with the clients, is the staff actually being involved and in going through that process alongside some of the clients too. You sit in the circles with the clients where you're making yourself vulnerable um, and, this, and the clients are also feeling comfortable then, well, actually, this it really is a safe space if the people that are working with me are actually sharing how they're feeling. It just, I think it just really takes it to another level. Yeah, there's been some real kind of, you know, one of the impacts that I know that I've noticed from that has been one of the, the guys that we featured on the podcast, uh, whatever we did, do you remember we did the episode with, uh, mm-hmm. well, around the Haven and us, and we had a couple mm-hmm. of uh, clients come in. One of those guys is one of the personal trainers now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that, that you, you want a classic example of, mm-hmm. here, this is how this is working. He's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and again, I mean, the... The other thing I think is, is again, that restorative lens and that restorative um, overlay over everything we do. And again, the other big one that's took off within the SAFE project was build better understanding local development. And, you know, we sort of struggle and say, is it alternatives role to get into stuff around derelict waste sites? Is it about, you know, we're, we're into looking about development trust, we're looking about housing regeneration. My answer is clearly yes. Because whilst we talk about individuals' need for harm and actually restorative justice about working on the one-to-one level with people who have been harmed and how we actually help them take control of that, for me, Build is looking at how our community has been physically scarred. Mm-hmm. The waste sites, 82 of them, as we said, when we mapped it out, are the physical manifestations of, of trauma on this community. So for me, Build is about bringing a restorative lens to, to a societal issue and actually what we're doing is we're empowering our community to take control. We're getting them to better understand how that, how that system works. And we're getting them to actually then feel better about themselves, confront the things that have been done wrong and come up with their own solutions about what they need. To me, that's, that's restorative values right there. That's restorative justice. But it's at a, a community level. And I think that's as important and what we need to do at a strategic level through restorative justice as it is about changing individuals. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree because I mean, when you think about what we would talk about as being those three core concepts of building relationships, maintaining community, repairing harm, where do those relationships take place? They take place within communities, they take place within areas that have been impacted by the fact that there is, you know, um, derelict spaces, no real investment in areas. That has a, an, an impact in terms of even just where people think their aspirations might go to because they look around them and they see nothing. Mm-hmm. And that can just reinforce their own negative thoughts about themselves. So no, it definitely does fit that. Now, if we're thinking about the idea of maintaining a community, their communities have got needs. We need to address those needs. And if we're not involved in that process, then we're that wider work and the wider restorative work, we can't ignore that that has an impact because somewhere down the lane, the effects of this comes in through the front door of our office. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, listen, folks, uh, we'll just knock that one there. Um, but just want to say thanks, folks, for yeah. coming in and taking the time to, to share about what's yeah. going on. Brilliant. Thank, Thank you. you.